With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome on back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. To be named later, I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And we are both full time employees of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dot com. After talking it over with my friends and family, I've decided that I'm going to take my talents to Moon Township and spend <laughs> next season with the gang of cartoons and coffee drinkers with the lunatics. I'm happy to officially be a member of DKPittsburghSports.com. Um, yeah, Alex, I'm joining you on the beat, buddy. Thank goodness. I could use a little – I could use someone like you on the beat right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, it's been – I hope we didn't tip the pitch, I guess, is going to be the way about it because, <laughs> I mean, here you are on the daily podcast on the show. It's like, hey, this guy might be coming on at some point. Let's hey, see if this, anyone's going to pick up Hey, this guy tweeted last week that he was leaving his job. Hey, this guy is now in Pittsburgh. Um, a couple yeah. people in there the comment signs. section did catch on. I was like screenshotting it and sending it to my dad. Uh, there were a couple people who were like, is, is Noah Hiles joining? And Dayon even commented, he's like, wow, you notice a lot of things. Like he didn't like <laughs> acknowledge it one way or another, <laughs> but it's an exciting opportunity, Alex. It's, it's funny to think about how three years ago you were writing for a blog. I was working part-time for a radio station. We became friends in the press box because I looked around and said, that guy doesn't look like he's 20 years older than me, which was the only person I could <laughs> say that about. I talked to you. We became friends. I said, we should do a Pirates podcast. And now we're uh, co-beat reporters for the same media outlet in 2020. It's insane. One, one of the wildest things that happened in 2020, which is saying a lot. Hustle. I mean – we worked hard to get here, and oh, and, a, and a cheers to our to our friend Jason Rolson for helping. Absolutely, put it all together. yes, he he played a big role in this. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome that you pointed that out. That's that's cool. Um, so Alex, while this is all good, this is all happy. Now it's time to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the good feelings are gone. Yep. Uh, so to be frank. I think this past weekend series against the Detroit Tigers, a team that were, was picked to be dead last in all of baseball by pretty much every media outlet in the world, and they just swept the Pittsburgh Pirates like it was nothing. Some iconic moments in this series. Alex, you were there for all three days. Give me your immediate <laughs> thoughts before we, break, before we dive in to this, to this hellhole. That that was the past weekend. 
I mean, let's. I'm going to be honest here. The actual rock bottom for the Pittsburgh Pirates, at least, hopefully, is rock bottom. I was going to say was, not... was last was last September, for obvious reasons, for you know the the way legality they formed stuff. on the field, legality, the firings, just all things considered, that was the actual rock bottom. But this series quite frankly, might be the worst on-field performance that they have done. The Detroit Tigers, the team with the worst record in baseball last year, who were, like you said, picked, you know, to finish last or second to last to the Orioles, came into Pittsburgh after taking a week off because of the Cardinals, came in, and put up 28 runs in two days and ended up just taking all three at PNC Park. I feel like I, I don't know how it could get worse because the Pirates found new ways to lose this entire series of times where they, you know, fought back but then completely gave it up of times whenever, oh, man, Richard Rodriguez Sunday, it was a freak thing. But, man, you're getting, getting your – Cleat stuck on the pitching mound and throwing a wild pitch and losing because of that, that is a new and innovative way to lose. I didn't even consider that, you know, coming into this series. Like, here's another way they could lose a ball game. When I think of the old Pirates, the Pirates that we grew up watching, not the old, old mm-hmm. Pirates that people have good memories of, the Pirates of Alex in my childhood that had – they were horrible. You remember – those laughably bad moments, like Lloyd McClendon stealing first base, losing to the Brewers 20 to nothing, CeCe Sabathia throwing pretty much a perfect game against the Pirates, but they had an error that wasn't an error. It was a hit. All of those moments are like things that stick out in your head. There were a handful of them just this past weekend. On Friday, we have the swan song of a Pirate that, we wish we could all forget, but no one will forget anytime soon. Miguel Del Pozo. I need to insert the Titanic music as we play this part of the show. Because <laughs> my heart will go on. I mean, my God. I don't know any pitcher ever that's allowed three runs in an inning and his ERA went down. It went down, Alex. It's now at 17. It went down significantly. It's now That's... at 17. It's no longer able to drink at a bar. It can still drive, though. So I'm going to look something up about Miguel Del Pozo because I forgot to do this earlier. It might be a little bit later, but I'm going to try to pull up a Miguel Del Pozo factoid. All right. Here. Well, I'm going to keep going because Mo- keep going. Miguel Del Pozo, Miguel Del Pozo was just scratching the surface. He said, I'm leaving. <laughs> But the vibes, they're here to stay because Del Pozo, he can't throw strikes. Derek Holland, he can. And when he does throw a strike, at least this weekend, it was hit on the freaking Federal Street. I mean, or the Clemente (laughs) Bridge or wherever. Holy cow, was that tough to watch. Unlike anything I've ever seen. It it was actually kind of amazing after a while. It really was. It was – I tweeted it. It's one of those times – I remember when I was a kid, I would get MLB The Show or, you know, Backyard Baseball or Slugfest or whatever those baseball games were. 
I'd put it in, and I'd think, like, I'm pretty good at this. I made the Little League All-Star team. I have to be a good video game player, too. I'm going to go All-Star level, MVP level, you know, the hardest level of competition. And I'd go, and I'd get crushed in the first inning, and I'd turn the game off. I'd take the disc out, act like there was something wrong with it. I'd rub my shirt on it <laughs> to see if there were dust marks on the brand-new disc. I'd put it back in, go on rookie, and I'd win like two to one. And I'd be like, ah, see, it was that. I wanted someone to stop that game and to take the disc out and restart. That's what that felt like. I, it was just, just restart, hit the restart button, refresh. This is a virus. This cannot be happening. It was home run after home run. I was moving in uh, to, I was moving, moving on Saturday. And as I was moving in all my stuff, and I'm listening to it on the radio, and I'm like, is there a glitch? Like, this isn't electronic radio. I had, like, an actual radio. I'm like, there, there has to be something wrong. There's another home run. And uh, I, it wasn't the case. There was just that many home runs. It was impressive. It was impressive. Did you find the stat yet, or am I continuing to riff? I'll riff a little more. Because I, I, I got I, more I on Darren Collin. I will All say right. this. For someone who got absolutely shelled, in the first inning, I mean, talking shut. I don't know if I could allow four innings in a major league game or four home runs in my first five batters pitch. I really don't know if I could do that because I think I would get pulled. They'd be like, why is this kid on the mound? He should be doing a podcast. So, yes, exactly. I don't think I could allow that many home runs. But he did, and they kept him in. And to be honest, he was pretty damn good after that. Until the sixth inning, which I don't get why he was brought out for. His job was to eat innings. I understand that. However, it was a brand new ball game. By the time he came back in, it was six to five. It was a one run game. He did his job keeping them alive. He gave them four more innings than he probably should have given them to begin with. So he should have been taken out, but he wasn't. And what happened? It was another dinger. They said one more for good measure. And it was a tape measure to be exact. They crushed it, and then there were doubles, and then there were walks, and then there were fielding blunders, and then there were guys out of the bullpen who we have to pretend like we know a lot of stuff about, but reality, we really don't know much about because who the heck are these guys? That's what happened on Saturday. Do you have your number yet, or shall I get you Sunday? I do, I do have it. Okay. And I'm sad to report that in the history of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, out of pitchers who have appeared at least at five games – Miguel Del Pozo only has the second worst ERA in Pirates history at 17-18. Who, who's 17, uh, Some poor man named Jeff Granger. Jeff yeah. Granger. So anyone who remembers the 1997 season might have just gotten flushed The freak back. show. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't uh, a good freak on that team. Man, oh, man. All right. 17-18. The worst all Second worst all time in history of Pittsburgh Pirates. For reference, that is five and a half runs higher than Jonathan Sanchez. Who is kind of my go-to guy of, oh man, this is bad. Or Mike Zagurski. Mike yeah, Zagurski. that's my guy who I remember. Zagurski was like, that guy is pledging a frat somewhere. He's not a major league pitcher. With that name. He was on like a playoff roster last year. I think, yeah. Or, or I just, two years I ago. I just think of that name. He's like the big guy. And the frat who, like, just wears a crew neck sweater even when it's 90 degrees out. 
the pledges are scared to death of him. Um, then we get to Sunday. And once again, the mound at PNC Park continues to be it's, – it's like they built it on an Indian burial, burial ground or something because it's cursed. Nothing goes right there. People get hurt. People can't throw strikes. People allow a million home runs. Or their freaking cleat gets caught in the rubber and they throw a ball to Bellevue and <laughs> – they put the game-winning run in scoring position for one of the best hitters of our lifetime to hit him in and complete a series sweep. Alex, power rank these moments, one through three. Del Pozo, Swan Song, <laughs> Holland's, uh, uh, Holland's home run derby, and Rich Rod's <laughs> strike hurt around the world, or ball hurt around the world. I'll, I'll, I'll give Rich Rod a reprieve and make it number three because that, that was actually a freak. That was a freak accident. I mean, that was that, as hilariously bad as that was. It's one of those, well, how much can you actually blame Richard Rodriguez? Uh, second, I'm going to go with Miguel Del Pozo because, again, I, I came into it. This is, exact, is going to go exactly how we all know it's going to go. There's going to be no sense of mystery of like, oh, here comes Miguel Del Pozo. I wonder what's going to happen to those runners on base with nobody out. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's, it's almost amazing that he only gave up six runs in that outing. <laughs> but, the, but the one, the Derek Holland homers, I mean, that, that's something that I have never seen before. That's something that Major League Baseball has never seen before. That was truly incredible. And like you said, I mean, Holland, to his credit, did go out and eat some innings. He and you know what the bullpen really needed it, and the offense came back and it was like, okay, you know, this is a ball game again. If they were able to, you know, pull off a win like that, that would be a huge momentum swing, you know, for this team after a kind of gut punching loss on Friday night. And you know what, they just got greedy at 102 pitches. It's like, let's see if we could get a few more outs, and that's that's kind of the problem with all of the issues on this team. They were still like, we had nobody in the bullpen. We didn't even have like a Miguel Del Pozo. We ended up bringing in Nick Mears in that situation. And I like Nick Mears. I think Nick Mears Former is Former River be, Blast radio guest, Nick Mears. That's right. I think this kid is going to be something special in the bullpen going forward. But he is incredibly raw right now. He's, he's maxed out a double inning, only pitched five innings there. I mean, this yeah. is a kid who is – he was brought in to spring training. And, you know, you look at him, if this was a normal season, he would have started in double A. He would have made the jump to Indianapolis at some point. And if he had a good year in Indianapolis, maybe he gets a September call. That is the, that was going to be the projection of Nick Mears. And here he is coming in the 14th game, I believe, 14th or 15th game of the season, coming in to pitch in a clutch situation. That's just, that's not fair to the kid. Like no. just in general, I mean, but and can I interrupt you for a second? Go for it. You talked about you talked about how a lot of their head scratching moments come from we don't have a lot of bullpen availability. This is an expanded roster. What does that mean? That you don't have any arms available. There, there it means are, that everyone is hurt. Everyone yeah. is overworked. It's the fact that sign people been one time this year that a starting pitcher has gone six innings there are a lot of times where they they just flat out need this St. Louis series canceled like they need time 
to collect themselves because okay you're not getting birdie back you're not getting Felice back maybe Kyle comes back maybe you know Kyle Crick you know he threw we haven't gotten an update since he's thrown on what his status is there wasn't really a plan in place maybe he could come back in a bit just you know high quality arms because I wrote in the gamer on Sunday you know like the actual game recap you know what they had available in the bullpen is like well he had to go to Chris Stratton the third inning and if you look at it well Richard Rodriguez already pitched two innings Jeff Hartley and Nick Turley both gave an inning but that was pretty much it if those guys if something went wrong and they needed to go to somebody else Cody Ponce who has made two major league appearances was available in what Shelton called an emergency rule and after that, it was Brandon Waddell, who has who three days ago, three days prior to that, was at home. He wasn't even in the Altoona camp. He spent one day in Altoona, and then he went to Pittsburgh. It was – the bullpen's a mess right now. I mean, it's a lot to do with injuries. It's a lot to do with workloads. It's just a mess at the moment. And you know what? The time off will fix the workload problem, but it won't fix the fact that there are few arms in this bullpen which you could consider high quality arms at the moment like you could like someone like Jeff Hartley I'm intrigued by someone like Jeff Hartley but I think he you know he he didn't make a good impression in 2019 but he still has good stuff if he could put it all together he could be a good major league reliever but at the moment right now whenever he is one of your late inning guys at the moment with the way the bullpen is constructed you know one of the guys of hey it's tied or it's early we really need to go to the A team right now or our version of the A team He's not a part of the A-team at the moment. He was sent down, you know, to Altoona during summer camp. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just mind-blowing how it's almost normal. It seems normal that these injuries are occurring at the rate they are because it's been going on for over a calendar year now. It's been going on since yeah. opening I day mean, 2019. Is, they picked up where they left off. Yeah. It, and I was talking to my dad about this. It, it literally feels like last season never ended. It's just a different manager. It's, it, it's just bad baseball all around. It's just bad baseball. And you, and you know what? If that's really the case, then there is no way around, you know, that it's going to take a rebuild because you can't keep going to the same group of people and expect them to perform whenever they had the second half of the season that they did last year. And, you know, it's 16 games. There have been some games that they were close, some games that they probably would have won, or there would have been games that they would have won if they had, you know, a full deck in the bullpen. But right now you look at this group, it's like how, how do you have confidence with this group going forward? There are good players on this team. There are players that if they do decide to rebuild, they would get something back in return. But as a whole, it's just a group that isn't winning. Alex talked about a break coming up, a three-day break. We're going to talk about that in our next segment. The Cardinals Pirate Series canceled. We're going to tell you everything we know about that when we return. Second half of the show, Alex. The Pirates are getting something that they desperately need. No, not a pitcher. Uh, a break. A, a break. A break for three days. The St. Louis Cardinals have called off the series against the Buccos. They're scared to face them. They said, this team's won a game in the last week. We haven't. 
We're calling it in. Waving the white flag. No, but in all seriousness, uh, St. Louis has not played a game since July 29th. Nine Cardinals players and seven staff members have tested positive for COVID-19. All of this in the past week. And uh, it's the longest delay any team now has had due to COVID-19. The Pirates will prolong this even further, this Pirate series. Alex, tell us what you know about this situation. I, I was texting you as you were getting the details on the cancellation of the entire series. Yeah, uh, there is definitely writing on the wall coming into – I mean, whenever they called off the Cubs series, the immediate thought was, okay, the Pirates series looks doubtful. And parts to their credit, you know, they said, look, we're going to assume that we're going to St. Louis until we're told not to. And on late Saturday night, they, they canceled the flight that they had to St. Louis. And because the game Monday was canceled, at that point, it really did look like writing was on the wall, like, hey, there's no way that they're going to go out there Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, it, it, it's just too fragile at the moment. And it took another, almost another 24 hours for it to become official. But yeah, they're not playing. They're postponements, not cancellations. The Cardinals, they, they're still going to try to play, you know, all 60 games. But at this point, I, I haven't looked at it, but it's got to be like 54 games in, in like 49 days or something like that, or 44 days, whatever it is. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. They're going to play an outlandish number of doubleheaders. And the parts for never going back to St. Louis. It's – I don't know how they're going to pull off. Like, it might just be uh, the Cardinals come to Pittsburgh. And you just do doubleheaders every day. They might have to. They might have to. I mean, it's a four-game series, so there might be a reprieve in between. But it might have to be, you know, at least one doubleheader. Maybe they can swing it that, you know, they both happen to have a shared off day. You know, like, okay, no, go out to St. Louis, play two, and then come back to wherever you are, even though that'd be a nightmare scenario pretty much for them. It's – the Cardinals right now are a mess. And, you know, everything I've heard about St. Louis was they did not take the protocols as seriously as the Pirates have. Say what you want about the Pirates and how they're 3-13. and 13. They get an A-plus for how they handled the virus. They they, they might not hit field or pitch well, but gosh darn it, they wear their masks, they stay six feet apart, and they wash their hands for 20 seconds, Alex. As as John Heyman said, you know, (laughs) they're the Coronavirus World Series champions. Why? Hoist it. But but no, in in, in quite seriousness with the Pirates, like, throw away the cases that whenever they came to Pittsburgh, they had the virus. Okay, that's that's out of the team's control, whatever. The only other one they had was Gregory Polanco, and Polanco did everything perfectly. That's why it didn't become an outbreak in the clubhouse. It's That's what didn't happen in St. Louis. And even though the casino rumors have been debunked, you could find photos online of, like, Cardinals members just doing stuff out in public that they shouldn't be doing during that's a Zach pandemic. Zach for the Indians. Did you see what happened with him? And he just got dismissed. I didn't know a team could do that this they year. They just sent him home. They yeah. said, go home. Is that Dan's kid? Huh? Dan? Is that Dan Plesak's kid? I don't know. It's it's an uncommon name. Yeah. And that's I mean, he's, my a, mind. he's a really good pitcher. Yeah. But, but just that's, that's 
I don't know if they find patient zero in the Cardinals clubhouse, maybe they should do the same, you know, just it's, it's a bad situation. Something like this was always going to happen. And to be quite frank, it wasn't too surprising whenever it was a team like the Marlins, not to single out the Marlins in general, but a, a team in a big market, where all it takes is one person and you're like, look, I just need to go out, you know, enjoy a little night, like for a night, do something like that. You see that happens. Like if they're in a new, in the New York, in Atlanta, where it happened, you know, a Florida based team, you know, Los Angeles, something like that. I can see how there could be an outbreak there, but St. Louis is where the biggest outbreak has been that has been shut down the longest. There's nothing to do in St. Louis. The only thing that's good in St. Louis is the Children's Museum, which I will admit is a jam. That place is awesome. But the Isn't rest the of Negro it is, League Hall of Fame in St. Louis? Kansas City. Ah. Yeah. I'm hoping to check that out whenever the Pirates go out there. In My September. dad went there last summer, and he brought me back a bobblehead of a former Negro League umpire, and it is the coolest bobblehead that I own. Um, Where's mine? Where's my, I got a, they did a. Those who can't see, you guys can't see a this. Kickstarter. Alex, Alex is like walking around. They did a Kickstarter around. and I got a, I got a Josh Gibson bobblehead. That's really cool. And it, it is cool. All right. They've so got the YMCA you mentioned the, the Marlins, as great as your bobblehead is. Uh, you mentioned the Marlins. The Marlins are the first team that comes to mind when you think of breaking the COVID restrictions. But they missed eight days, seven games, and they've made up three of them. And they're yeah. playing with taxi squad guys. Now, I think part of the reason the Cardinals are taking so long to start back up again is because unlike the Marlins, who came into this year not expecting to go on a playoff run, the Cardinals are like, I'll be damned if we're playing with guys from single A or a speed skater no, at second base. No, I think they're the no. kind of sitting there thinking, ah, uh, no, we, we need our no. team. We need our team to play these games because we're a playoff team. You don't think so? No, no, bad take, bad take. They wanted to get the hell out of Milwaukee. They wanted to get home. They did that. And at that point, it's like, let's go on, get on with the season. The second wave outbreak is, is bad. And it's not going to get, you know – the best they could hope for is that it stops. It's not going to get actually better. The best that they could hope for is that it's an absence of bad going forward. It's, it was, everything I've heard was just irresponsibility through multiple levels of that organization. And they're paying the price right now. And you know what? The Marlins will play all 60 games. Somehow, someway, they're going to play all 60. I'm looking at the Cardinals and how they missed two weeks. They're going to have two calendar weeks to make up over the rest of the season. They are going to be so fragile to get through the rest of the season because what, what happens if a doubleheader gets rained out? What's going to happen to their schedule? There's so much that's just out in the way. Or how about just the fact that these are seven inning doubleheaders going forward? So if they end up having to play 10 or so doubleheaders, that's 20-something innings that are going to be – or 40-something innings that are going to be, you know, left, gone. You play 40-something innings. If you would have – if you shave 40 innings off of the Pirates this year, man, they, they're a pretty good team. If you can pick and choose which one, they're undefeated. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. The Del Pozo's still in there somewhere, you know. I mean, but 
I, I wanted to get your take real quick on the seven-inning doubleheaders. What do you think about it. that? I, as a baseball purist, I hate it, but, you know. This year with it's the just got injuries. Unfortunately, that's kind of how we have to approach 2020. This is going to be the freak year going forward. And I'm kind of disappointed that no one's, like, flirting with 400 or something like that. That we could just follow that narrative because this is just going to be the the odd year in baseball history. We're going to look back and it, it's just going to stick out like a sore thumb. Like whenever you check out, you know, baseball players on baseball reference from the eighties, you know, like, like most people do in their free time. And you just see that weird, you know, 1981, bam, that was, that's an odd, that's an outlier right there. Well, it's going to be like that, but multiplied. Alex, is this is this uh, series getting canceled a blessing in disguise for the Pirates? Oh, absolutely. They could actually, you know, take five minutes to breathe, especially the bullpen. I mean, the offense, you know, the way their timing is going in general, they just I, – I don't know how it could get worse. You know, maybe get some time, look at the cage, take some reps, do some light workouts. But especially the, the pitchers, like just – especially, especially the relievers, just take a day or two rest whenever they go into that series against the Reds it's already a pretty depleted bullpen but you know Chris Stratton's going to be ready and and Richard Rodriguez is going to be ready and you know Keone Kellerstone live bullpens we haven't gotten updates on you know where how close he is to being available but you have to imagine that it's sooner rather than later so yes some time off to unplug it cannot be a bad thing. I cannot see them going on a worse stretch than 3-13 and 13 because they missed. And Stephen Brawl just flat out, flat out said, like, you know, it's an all-star break. It's not like this insurmountable amount of time that they're missing. It's, you know, an all-star break. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to hopefully make the most of it. We're going to take a break as well. And by break, I mean an entire day. Not <laughs> sure what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show. Because there's not going to be a game to review. However, there's going to be something to talk about, and we're going to be there to do it. For Alex Stump, I'm Noah Hiles saying be sure to hit the subscribe all button on any podcast platform that you listen to us on. Read all of Alex's great articles on DKPittsburghSports.com. And be sure to tune in tomorrow because we're going to have more Pirates content. We'll see you then.